Inspiration strikes where it strikes, and we've all been there. Weird things in our lives that have no actual correlation to what it is that we're focused on, and somehow we see it and we realize how to solve another problem. That's inspiration. Or how to come up with a new idea. That's inspiration. Inspiration hits everywhere, and for the guys at Crowned Heads, it hit from eruption. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke, or Eat the Fine Food, Drink the Fine Bourbon, and Smoke the Fine Cigars. I'm Tony Katz, so that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and this, from Crowned Heads, is the Crowned Heads Court, CHC, Siri E, and the E is the part that matters, because this is the eruption. It is inspired by the solo by Eddie Van Halen. And that we, we just lit this up and Fingers Malloy is already having issue because he has, as he just said, I have never had a cigar hit me with that much pepper before in my life. Am I wrong? I mean, listen, you've smoked many more sticks than I have in your lifetime. This is true. But when we first lit this bad boy up, it was just a, a wave of spicy pepper. And I, to, to me, uh, and, and by, by the way, not complaining. It's, no, it's, it's very, very nice. But I don't think I've I've had that um, experience before. Lighting a stick that that much pepper right off the bat. Let's get to the basics here. So this is the Siri E fifty one fifty. It comes in four vitolas, basically shapes. Right, you can do uh, a petite, which is four and three eighths by fifty two. You can do a, a hermoso number two, six and an eighth by forty eight. A little more classic. Of a, of, a, of, a, of a style, and they've got a sublime 6.5 by 54. This is a 5.5 by 50. That means it's 5.5 inches long. Tee. Always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. And 50 is the ring gauge, the diameter of the cigar, basically how thick it is around. Tee. This is an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper. Dark, rich, a muddled kind of brown between browns and dark browns and almost hints of black beautifully oily, like to an extent coming off on the fingers. It feels gorgeous. Now, because it is only um, uh, this size, it's only a five and a half, it might feel a little light in the hand, but it is proper in the hand. 50 is a good ring gauge. I like uh, quite a bit, and I could see this better in this size because if you're feeling that massive hit of pepper right from the beginning, not that Fingers Molloy is complaining, Maybe you don't want that much cigar of it. Maybe this is just the absolutely right size of it. Is it a pepper bomb? Maybe at uh, the, the start. But what really got me from the, stub, the start, just an absolutely delicious tobacco flavor. Just full, deep, uh, a, a, a richness. I had somebody tell me the other day, don't ever use the term earthy. You don't want to describe it as earthy. And you know what I say to that? I'll describe it any damn way I feel. Um, but this isn't, isn't in those earths and dirts. This is in uh, that tobacco. Uh, to me, I almost there's a touch of leather going on there. Just delicious. There is a spice not overwhelming me, uh, Fingers Malloy. But for what should be a big cigar, smoking very smooth. Yeah, if you're looking for a, a stick that... It has a lot of sweetness to it. I don't know if this is what you'd be looking for. Like you said, that the, the tobacco notes are there, but to me, I mean, I, I'm loving. Uh, and you know, we're just in the first third. That pepper off the stick is—it's just it, you, you got to try it. And it's a very well constructed cigar. Uh, it a lot of nice, pleasant smoke coming off of it. It feels good in the hand. Not a wiffle ball bat. Uh, very enjoyable so far. Wiffle ball bat is our terminology. When a cigar is just too light, 
And we call that a, a wiffle ball bat. Now, this is Crowned Heads, John Huber. Uh, we spoke to him at the PCA, the Premium Cigar Association. This is where the cigar was unveiled. So if it's not in your local tobacconist humidor yet, it will be the Siri E from Crowned Heads. But we did speak to John Huber uh, about it. I'm going to share that interview with you coming up in, in just a little bit. Crown Heads is in that unique place where they are clearly a boutique cigar, but they've gotten bigger than just boutique cigar. And they're building out the line. Of course, they have the association with Luciano and, and Ace Prime, which is the Mil Diaz and the Dreamer, two cigars we love, and the Fiat Lux from them. Wait till that comes out. We'll, we're going to count wait to do that review. But John Huber is a special kind of story, and, and we get into it. Just how inspiration has built so many of his cigars. The first cigar I ever smoked from Crown Heads is called the Headley Grange. And the Headley Grange is named for the studio where Led Zeppelin used to record. And so he, cool. And he, so he built that cigar off of the opening drums in the song When the Levee Breaks. He wanted a cigar that matched the sound of those drums. He's very, very interested in that idea, that 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 sonically connected thing, what does what does this this moment of art bring you and share with you? Blenders have all different types of reasons for wanting certain things, wanting certain things, flavor profiles, uh, and and for for John, it was this moves me. Now, if, if you see the video, which which we'll have up at eatdrinksmokeshow.com, my interview with him. Here I am in the suit. John's got the hat. He's the T-shirt. He's got the tattoos. We, you could not be more before and after picture than, than me and John, John Huber. But that appreciation of, of, of the art and, and, and connectivity and listening to Eruption from, from Alex uh, Van Halen, just based on what you said. I said Alex Van Halen. Sorry, Eddie Van Halen. Just based on what you said, isn't that exactly what happened on the very first puff of this cigar? Boom. Yeah, it's very fitting, the name. And the one thing about John and Crown Heads that resonates with me is we talk about so often how, you know, there are a lot of cigar companies out there. That, you know, we, we review bourbon all the time. And one of the things that draws us to a particular stick or, or, or a bourbon is a good story. Uh, you know, John, you, you know, you, you, you see the video of, of Tony interviewing him. He looks very rock and roll, you know, very motorcycle guy, blue collar guy. That's what it looks like to me. That's how I kind of uh, that's that's why it resonates with me uh, to be to name some of your cigars, you know, from musical moments. Right. And I mean, and we're, we're talking we're not talking like Michael Bolton. We're talking, <laughs> talking Led Zeppelin. We're I'm coming out with the fan. Michael McDonald line myself. <laughs> that's that's coming. But, but Led Zeppelin and, and Van Halen and good Van Halen too. By the way, uh, this this is I, it's a great company and it, this this stick. I this I stick th- is working it's, in it's a lot really of ways. Um, you you want to break your cigar down to thirds as you're writing it down in your notebook. And, and, and uh, you know, going through it, first third, second third, final third. The cigar will change, break it into thirds. What did you eat that day? What did you drink that day? What's the weather like that day? It's actually a rather humid day here in Indianapolis where we're recording. These things will affect your palate. It'll affect your metabolism, your saliva. It'll, it'll affect the cigar. There is pepper. You can actually feel it tickling the tongue here. Now, the question, Fingers Malloy, is, is this in your humidor at $12 a stick? Oh, all day, every day. Now, I wouldn't start off my morning with this stick, 
I, I this is definitely for me a late evening cigar. Would this match perfectly with the steak you just grilled? Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. Little S and P is for me quoting Letter Kenny right there. It 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 hits. If if you did a a pepper crusted uh, fillet or something like that. Yeah, this works. This is Crown Heads Court, uh, the, the CHC, the Serie E, Crowned Heads. And my conversation with John Huber and how he got into cigars and the, the legwork he did to get somebody to talk to him so he could learn how to do this. It's a fantastic story. And it's up next. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow the Eat, Drink, Smoke show on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. So when we were at the PCA, the Premium Cigar Association show, a fantastic, incredible show, of course, we ran into the guys from Crowned Heads, Eat, Drink, Smoke, Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and, and part of being there, of course, we did all these interviews, and one of the guys we got to speak to is John Huber behind Crowned Heads. I mean, we're smoking the Siri E right now. That's the new one. That's the cigar that got announced at this show. That's what that show is. It's, so it's, it's cigar manufacturers and then cigar retailers from all across the country, a chance to get together. They're placing orders. A lot of money got spent because, as we know, cigars have gone through the roof. Because of COVID, people have been home. They've had more chance to smoke. They're smoking more often because they have time. They don't have a, they don't have a commute anymore. They, they, they just go home. Well, they don't have to go home. They are home. They're just home, and that's it. And then they're like, all right, I'll just sit on the deck and do my work and have a cigar. And it's fine, and it's good. So cigars have blown up, and there's a lot of boutique brands. The guys from Crowned Heads are in this very interesting place where they're they're boutique, but they're bigger than boutique, right? They're, they're, they're growing stronger uh, than boutique. Boutique and and I I find what they do absolutely fantastic. Whether it's the relationship with with people like Ace Prime and doing the Mil Diaz or the Fiat Lux or what it is they do with with the four kicks in the Headley Grange and now what they're getting into with this Serie E. So while we were at the show, I had the chance to sit down uh, with John Huber. Right there in his little, they had the whole setup there. I don't know, it's a booth, but it was bigger than a booth. It was gigantic. And kind of talk about how he got into cigars to begin with and the road that it took to become really a, a pretty premier player as a boutique brand that's about to blow it up. So I got into cigars like in the mid-90s. Um, and literally, it was, it was in a point in my life where I was doing some soul searching, trying to figure out what it is that, that would make me go, all right, I'm doing what I love for a living as opposed to just going to work. And very long story, but I narrowed that that down to wine and cigars. And what I found was the common denominator was both were made by hand. There was an agricultural aspect to it. There was a romance or tradition. That's what I figured out after a lot of time thinking. That People that's don't what, understand the winemakers are farmers. Yeah, First exactly. and foremost. Yeah, and that's what I love about cigars, actually. And then after visiting wineries and stuff like that, I realized there was a lot of machinery made and used to, to produce wine. And cigars, it's all by hand. From the seed to the shelf, it's 100% by hand. There's no shortcuts. So I fell in love with cigars. Um, and that's what really, really got me motivated to get in the business. But, you know, there's, at that time, there's like no one ads for like, how do you get a job in cigars? Do you go to cigar school, whatever? And so I started literally like writing letters to everybody in cigar fishing. What were you doing while you I were was, writing I the was, letters? I was working a temp job in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. 
and it was one of the worst jobs I've ever had. Yeah, I remember it was so boring that I would go to the, the bathroom stall and put my head on the stall and sleep for like 45 minutes. And I, I, I didn't do anything. I never worked. How did you and not I got keep promoted. that job? I actually became a supervisor. <laughs> they promoted me. And I'm like, this is horrible. What a waste of life, you know? No, I've had terrible jobs, man. When I lived in LA, I was telemarketing uh, indoor tanning products and, and dog shampoo. See, so, that's the best. You know? That so is I, the best, I know. how people fall into things while they're trying to figure it all mm -hmm. out. So you start sending out letters. You start yeah. reaching out to people. Who mm -hmm. got back to you? Uh, Gordon Mott gave me a very polite thank you no letter from Cigar Aficionado, which I was I cherished to this day. Um, who else got back to me? Not a lot of people, to be honest with you. You know, this is before social media. You couldn't DM somebody or anything like that. It was literally, I was writing letters, making phone calls. Um, John Wozner, God bless him, rest in peace. Four months after I sent that letter to CAO International, I got a phone call at work, and I was like, who is this guy? I couldn't, you know, and I put two and two together, and it was John, and he said, I'm starting this company, CAO International, here in Nashville, and I, I really, I'm just looking for a shipping person. I'm like, I'm your guy. I'll be the best shipping guy, you know what I mean? I just want to get my foot in that door, and I did, and, uh, you know, then after that, the rest was history. So he gave me my first opportunity, and... April of 96, and my first trade show was July of that year. So like three months later, I'm like thrown into the, the pit, you know? Right. And uh, just never looked back. I just never, I've never worked a day since then. I just, I've loved what I do. But it, I mean, it, it is work, right? I, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing, you know, do things that you're passionate about, do things that, that, that you feel. But it is work because you take a look at this, at this showroom floor, there are a lot of people who are selling cigars and producing cigars, yeah. but yours seem to have I mean, if you take a look even at, at your marketing, the hacks that you put out and things right. like that. This one, this one's a very reserved one well, compared it's, it's to the wild colors. It's a mullet hack. It's all business, right? And right. then you go, there's the party underneath, right? Oh, so. I see there. They're very, very Van Halen right. underneath. There you go. Right? The exactly. homage is real. The homage. What, why? What do, you, what do you think it is about what you're what doing? What separates us? Yeah. I mean, as, as you see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, well, I mean, it's very intentional. I mean, I've always... When Mike, my, my business partner, Mike Condor and I, when we started this thing back in 11, 2011, I said, I don't want to do CAO 2.0. I want to do something completely different. I want to do things my way. And he gave me the latitude to creatively do that. What I wanted to do, my intention was to make an aspirational brand as opposed to a cigar brand. That's why it's, okay. it's not like Condor Huber cigars or CH cigars or something. It's crown heads, you know. Um, and by aspirational, I mean, you think about, like, let's say, I'll give you an example, Harley Davidson. No one knows Harley better than Fingers right. Malloy. It's all he now, knows. You know there's a lot of people out there that don't ride bikes, never rid rode a bike, but they wear the T-shirt, they aspire to that lifestyle, they vibe with the brand, right? That's what I wanted to create. I wanted to create something that even if somebody didn't smoke cigars on a regular basis, they would still aspire to the message that Crown Heads was about, which was you can inspire people to do anything. Here's two guys out of Nashville, Tennessee, that started a premium cigar company, right? So look, I'm a suit wearer. I don't, I don't mesh with some of what the brand looks like from Crown Heads, but I love what you do. One of those stories, the, the thing that actually turned me on to learning more about you is the Headley Grange story, mm. and why you named it the Headley Grange. Go for it. Yeah. So um, I have a bit of an OCD nature, and I was listening to this one track uh, from Led Zeppelin called "When the Levee Breaks." And if you're familiar with that song, the drums that kick in with Bonham, it's like very heavy, thick, plodding, like boom, boom, boom. And that sound just kept, I kept playing that same six seconds right. over and over and over. And Mike was sitting across from me, he's like, what are you doing? You're driving me absolutely nuts, you know? I said, I want to 
I want to make a cigar that tastes the way these drums sound. That was literally the line that... So, I mean, that's... That was the selling point. And so he thought I was goofy and, you know, you, you, this is... What are you talking about? Let's get Ernie on the phone, Ernesto Press Grillo. So I got Ernie on the speakerphone and I said, I said, Pedrino, listen to this for a second. And I played him the drums a couple of two, three times. Went silent. I said, I want to make a cigar that tastes like those drums sound. And he's like, I got it. So he, he, he picked he, up he on what you're yeah. doing. And Mike's jaw was like, I, I can't believe that just happened. But yeah, no, he got it. He, he understood what I was trying to say sonically, that I wanted something thick, heavy, dense, chewy, potting, you know, and we went to work on the blend. If you take a look at the millennial generation, they will tell you and they will show you through their buying patterns that authenticity is everything. Yeah, absolutely. They want to know the story. They want to know where things come True. from. You see this in spirits. They want to know where that thing was manufactured. Right. You see this in food. What local farm did it come from? That... Does that apply, do you think, just to millennials, or do you think that applies really to cigar smokers in general? Well, I'm not a millennial, but that's what I buy. Neither am I. Authenticity. I think if you try to pretend you're something that you're not, people read right through that, and they're like, next. You know, I think if you just be yourself, some your audience will find you. And that's what we've always done. I mean, I've never put an ad out where I come in a, you know, smelling a hand of tobacco or anything like that. I mean... What you see is what you get, you know. I mean, 100%. That was John Huber of Crowned Heads, and this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. Me, I'm Tony Katz. That right there, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy smoking the Crowned Heads. Crowned Heads Court, the Siri E, E for eruption. The cigar is inspired by the Eddie Van Halen solo. Eruption, that entire masterpiece of music. And holy cow, big pepper, big spice, nice rich tobacco in their fingers, Malloy. We're still not even through the first third. Um, it's huge. It's huge, but still in that medium range. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The the pepper for me, it's subsided a little bit, but it's still there. And now I'm finally starting to get a creamy sweetness. I can't really put my finger on what the, the sweetness is, but you've got the rich tobacco flavor going along with it. Uh, at $12 a stick, I, I really think it's something that once this uh, gets out there to more and more cigar lounges and cigar shops around the country, you got to look for it. you got to seek it out. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. The, by the way, the, the binder is uh, from the Jalapa region of Nicaragua, and, and the filler is all Nicaraguan from a from a series of, of, of places, I guess you could call this a medium full, just because of that of that pepper feel. And let me tell you, when I say feel, rarely does a cigar hit all the places of the palate. That peppery, which which is is sometimes a a, a, a bad descriptor, uh, but spice also doesn't necessarily fit the bill. So I want to say black pepper. That's really what we're talking about here. As I described it going with that kind of like a pepper encrusted filet, that black pepper has fully coated the tongue. That doesn't happen very often. Matt, it wants you to know it's there, but it's, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's not a turnoff. It's, it's not like a problematic it's it's wonderful. I picked the wrong day to have Popeye's chicken. I picked the wrong day to quit methamphetamines. <laughs> picked the wrong day to quit sniffing glue. But that pepper, it lingers on the palate 
for a few minutes. You, you set the stick down. You do other things. You're you know you're typing. You're doing radio, uh, and that that pepper is still there, but it's not unpleasant. That's the thing. It's not overwhelming. It's it's there. It's good, and uh, man, this is this is really an enjoyable cigar. It's time, fingers Malloy, for news of the week. I'll tell you something that's not enjoyable. If you are a sandwich chain. And someone comes along, a major media outlet says, uh, yeah, you know that tuna sandwich that they sell? Uh, there's no tuna DNA in it. We're talking about Subway, of course, Tony. Well, is that a problem when you say that? Uh, well, for Subway it is. Uh, so they have stated now that you know these, these claims of, of their tuna sandwich is not actually containing any tuna. They're outrageous, Tony. Those are outrageous allegations, according to Subway. Uh, but... Uh, th- those allegations have hurt tuna sandwich sales at Subway. I have I have no doubt whatsoever. I forget what it was that happened with Chipotle, and Chipotle sales were down for like four years. They finally come back so, uh, for for sure, and I think they're doing good marketing and everything else. Yeah, it, it, it's freaking people out. And your answer is, of course, there's tuna in there, and that's all. That's they said there's no, there's no trace scientifically of it, and lately all of America totally into science. <laughs> so that's gonna that's gonna drive some people crazy. I love the idea that there was someone in a lab coat <laughs> taking samples of a subway foot long to see if there was any there was a lab involved in this. You, w- you think that guy was like, man, I want to cure cancer. <laughs> I I got into this. Because I want to help people like my Mima, right? And and I'll, I'm testing tuna. I thought I was going to help Jerry's kids, and here I am dissecting you, a tuna sandwich. Do you think at this moment we've just gone over the line? Do you think that's where we are with this show, or are we? Or is everyone like, nah, guys, we're cool. We're, we can handle this. We're good. We're not making fun of Mima. We're not making fun of Jerry's kids. We're talking about the poor guy in a lab coat taking samples of a Subway tuna sandwich to see if there's real tuna in it. I actually visited a Subway for the first time uh, post uh, Tuna Gate. And what'd you uh, have? Uh, I just got the cold cut combo. Oh, I, if you had said you got the tuna, I would have <laughs> fallen off my chair. <laughs> no, I did not. But, uh, you know, they, uh, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, they shut down a majority of their uh, uh, stores uh, for one day. And oh, the re- retooling. They retooled, and, and they, they had like eight or ten different sandwiches, and some of them looked really good. Uh, there was a, a buffalo chicken sandwich that looked fantastic that I almost got, but then I went back to the, the cold-cut combo. It's my standard. Uh, but uh, Dan- Dance with the girl who brought you. <laughs> that's right. And, and that's, uh, that's what they say. They did do a lab study, and there's plenty of cold-cut DNA in the cold-cut combo, so I felt safe. Science, people. <laughs> Dr. Fingers. Oh. He has approved it. And what's next? So over the past few months, there has been uh, a developing story in the NFL regarding Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, and whether or not uh, he wanted to return to Green Bay. And there was talk that he wanted to be traded. And uh, you know the Packers said they weren't going to trade him. And he felt like he was a lame duck quarterback that uh, 2021 was going to be his last year because they they moved up in the draft last year to uh, select Jordan Love, uh, basically his replacement. Right. And the way his contract was structured, it was in a way where it was like, okay, 2021, they could just, they won't have any salary cap implications, very many, if they they cut Aaron Rodgers and move on. So he's like, well, if you're going to do that, then let's just do this right now. So there's this whole 
developing storyline. And the best part about it was he was, for the most part, he kept his mouth shut and the media just kept talking and talking. Well, training camp started this week, Tony. Right. And he showed up and he did a 30-minute press conference. And you know how a lot of times when you see these press conferences, uh, you know, the athlete or the coach will be like, just happy to be here. You know, just want to move forward. You know, we got a great team. This No. No. No, it wasn't the classic? Oh, he burned the organization down to the ground. Really? He, he said he considered a retirement during uh, the whole standoff. He wants more. Uh, he wants to be able to provide more input and have the organization actually take it when it came to free agent uh, decisions, whether they should keep veterans. And he didn't get that. And he, he made it known that he, he's not happy He's still not happy with the organization and how they do business. He 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 he, he went on about how former veterans uh, who played for the, the Packers either got cut or they weren't offered contracts, and that they would have talked to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron would have done everything that he could to keep these players uh, in the organization. So it's, he said they weren't. They don't treat their uh, veteran players right. They don't treat their former stars right. They don't treat him with the kind of respect that he feels that he deserves. I mean, you look at what happened. Was he goading them? No. Look, it's training camp. I'm here, but you want to cut me? Go right ahead. Go on. Go on, tough guy. I'm Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you know what I said? I, I, I'm the guy who looked at Danica and said, nah, I could do better. That's who I am. That's who I am. What do you got? Now you've gone too far. Oh, you think? <laughs> I, I don't think. I don't think I've gone too far. It could be. It could be, but it was definitely a guy that it, it felt like he was, he, you know, he made it say at several occasions, he said, listen, I'm not a victim. I'm not portraying myself as a victim. I've made a mint. <laughs> I've made a, millions and millions of dollars from this organization. I think he looks at what happened with Tom Brady down in Tampa, where it feels like, hell, it feels like he's just calling all the shots down in Tampa. I want, it's like Roddy Dangerfield in, in Caddyshack walking, oh, I'll get two of these. I got one of those. I got three of those. I'll get that wide receiver over there. That's my Negulated golf tees. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's looking at former players like Peyton Manning, who when he went to Denver, it felt very much the same way. It's like, okay, you're, a res- you're one of the greats. You should be able to have some input on decisions is, that are being made. Is this all Mike McCarthy, the former coach, who many people will tell you in Green Bay ruined Aaron Rodgers by not providing him what he needed to be able to win multiple championships. Uh, well, I, I think it's more of an organizational thing above Mike McCarthy. It's just this is how the Packers do business. You are a commodity, and I'm really not interested in your input. You're going to be replaced. You're just a cog in the wheel. And uh, look, they they drafted Favre's replacement in Aaron Rodgers, and it you know when it was time for for Brett to go, it was time for Brett to go. And now it's with this with Aaron. If you were a man betting on opening day, is Aaron Rodgers still there? He's there, but I don't think he's going to be there next year. I think it's clear he's not going to be there next year. How many more years does he have in him? Uh, well, look at Brady's going to play until he's what sixty? Yeah, but Brady made his deal with uh, the people down below. <laughs> no, wait, maybe now we've gone too far. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Remember, you can find our reviews on cigars, bourbon, and food over at our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. The brands you know are not the brands you think of. Meaning that just because you see a name in bourbon doesn't mean that it's the same old, same old. These brands, these people, these distillers, they have a way of reinventing themselves and creating things that are new, pushing themselves and making things uh, that are better. Jimmy Russell is one of those guys. Eddie 
is as well, and Wild Turkey has done it with the Rare Breed Barrel Proof. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and here it is, the Wild Turkey Rare Breed Barrel Proof coming in at 58.4% alcohol. That's 116.8 proof. Getting applause from Fingers Malloy. Now, this is bourbon, which means it has to be at least 51% corn. Those are the rules. It is aged in first-use charred oak barrels. That, again, is the rules. It has to go in and out at certain proofs, and most importantly, you can't do anything to it. You play with that bourbon afterwards, it's no longer bourbon. It's still whiskey, but it's not bourbon. You can only dilute with water to bring down the proof to be able to get it to a point where you can put it in the bottle. Otherwise, it's something completely different. And Wild Turkey is one of those kinds of names where people are like, oh, Wild Turkey. That's what my grandfather used to drink. I assume, Fingers Malloy, your dad has some of that somewhere in his liquor cabinet. No, not anymore. Oh, he, he drank it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's one of those names, and people will look at it on the shelf, something like Rare Breed, and be like, oh, it's Wild Turkey. That's the horror of, of sometimes of, of legacy memory that you only think of it in this way, oh, that's what my dad or that's what my grandfather drank. It's stupendous, stupendous juice. Uh, this right here, 75% corn, 13% rye, 12% barley uh, as the mash bill. Not really sure of the age, but it's a blend of six to 12 year old bourbon. And this has a lovely golden, just a touch of that, of that Auburn kind of coloring on their fingers, Malloy, and a nose that's gigantic and playing in three or four different places. Oh, you all right? Yeah. You, yes. Yeah. You, you having a moment? Uh, unfortunately, it's a moment from the, the Popeye's chicken from earlier. <laughs> that's a whole different story. Uh, it's very sweet on the nose and a little bit of spice. Are you getting caramel? I'm getting a lot of the oak. I'm get, there, there is definitely some caramel in there. Uh, definitely getting a lot of, of, of the oak. And you talk about uh, spice. That spice is not pepper. That's cinnamony is what you got going on uh, right there. As I said, there's a lot happening with, 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 within this. It's, it's got a, a good bit of, of fruit going on as well. So you can hit the caramel. You can hit the cinnamon. You can hit uh, the fruit. And you get the oaky. It's that kind. It is. It's a big, big honking nose. Yeah, it's very bold, and there's a lot to it. This is definitely not a one-trick pony. And there's definitely a bit of that that alcohol kind of, kind of nose, that ethanol kind of nose as well. Now, we do this neat. That's how we always start our bourbon. We bring it to then a cube later, maybe a chip, add some cool water. Water does open it up. It will change not only the proof. Remember, adding water brings down the proof. But it will also change what it is, the flavorings you get out of the bourbon. Don't ever be afraid to do that. Actually, set yourself up. Set yourself up with a rocks glass, with it with a big rock, and then set yourself up with a glass that, just, that you can just add a chip to, and then something you add water to. Try it in the different ways. Experiment. Play. It's your bourbon. You bought the damn thing. You might as well play with it all the way around. Fingers Malloy, are you ready to do this? I think so. My surroundings are influencing me a little bit between the pound of a breaded chicken that I just consumed, and then it has been ridiculously hot and humid here in Indianapolis. So the idea of uh, taking a swig of uh, bourbon at 110 proof... Um, oh, no, no, no. 116. 116, excuse me. Uh, and by I, the I, way, how about you don't call it a swig? How about we class up the joint? 
Just a little. Okay, I'm sorry. A snort. I'm going to take a snort of rock gut, <laughs> and then I'm going to tell stories about your mom. <sighs> okay. I apologize. Here he goes. Okay, Fingers here we wide. go. We're going in. Right there. He is taking a sip of the wild turkey, rare breed, barrel proof. Fingers, are you okay? I have found the bourbon that is too much for Fingers Malloy. <laughs> wow. Okay, where do I begin? I don't know. And First, I, how many fingers am I holding up? Thursday. <laughs> so, <laughs> the sting on the tongue, and this may be part of it, is it's, it's playing with the, the crown head Serie E. That we are having right now. The, the cigar. The cigar. Uh, wow. What, the, 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 the sting and spice that immediately hit your, your, the tip of your tongue. Uh, it, it, it makes you know that it, it's, it's there. <laughs> uh, there's no burn at all going down. The, the, the caramel notes there. The, the, maybe an apple uh, and some spice for me, Tony. I, I'm very interested to see your reaction to this. I'm happy to do it. All right, he's man. going go. in right now. Mmm. <laughs> oh, he's he's got the old man whiskey face going right now. Oh, the whole tongue is is tingling. But you're right. No, bur- a, a touch touch in the top of the back of the throat. The heat resting, dead center middle chest. That is fruity, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That, I think Apple's a good call. Apple's a really good call right there. That car- the, 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 the caramel's there. The, the cinnamon in the, in the after is there. There's also a touch of vanilla, but Apple's a winner. Uh, this is, uh, to me, the heat on this is so much. <laughs> yeah. It's begging for cube. Yes. I mean, I might just move the whole thing right now and be, oh, you already did. Oh, you're, yeah. not even, you're not even wasting time. I'm not time. even fooling oh. around. Because like I said, it, it's a... A very, very hot and humid day here in Indianapolis, and that has an impact on how just, I enjoy my bourbon. I'm going to add a little water just to, just to see what happens right there. But not overwhelming. No. But it is big. And, yes, the, the tip of the tongue, the mid-tongue, the back tongue, all got a sting to it. Not, like, a, like a real, like, hey, how you doing? Not overpowering, but you certainly couldn't call this subtle. Yeah, it was a very Mori Povich, you are the father kind of <laughs> kind of hit right there. The, the wild turkey, rare breed, barrel proof. There is, there's a lot here, guys. Like, there's a lot happening in, in, this, in this drink. Okay, now he's going in for an, an, another sip, and he added a little bit of cool water to it. Oh, I took it down too quick. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he's going in for third. No, hold on. That's a good sign. It is always a good sign. It's tremendously good. Going in. The sting is still there. The cinnamon's still there. The water didn't bring down the heat. I got to bring it to a cube. The heat's real. Okay, um, so what? Cinnamon, apple, and vanilla. Man. Oh, that's a. Uh, that's better on the cube. Oh, it's it's so much better on the cube in my mind. It brings out more of a little bit more of the apple, which was there, neat, but it wasn't. It's it wasn't like you're having a, a, a cider drink or anything. I don't want to make it sound like it's it's uh, apple dominant in its flavor, but uh, it takes away a little bit of that sting on the tongue. He's going in Ooh, again. It's a very different drink. 
the vanilla has has calmed down. That the cinnamon has calmed down. It's a touch more oak that it now appears. This is the wild turkey, rare breed, barrel proof. We'll get into price coming up. This right here is eat drink smoke. Why in the world does anybody have to fight over a chicken sandwich? Can't we all just get along? Especially now when we have to fight about chicken nuggets. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. Popeyes now has nuggets, and we have the nugs. Fingers Malloy said, I must have these. And we should be clear, he started himself off with a Popeyes chicken sandwich today. My first one ever. And? Uh... I know people are passionate about their chicken, Tony. Oh, they are. That's that's what's really the roots of the chicken wars, the fast food chicken wars. The, they're all after each other. They're competing. Whichever chicken sandwich you like, that's your identity as a human being. And if you and if you pick the wrong identity, you die. Right. I used to think that the Chick Fil A chicken sandwich was the gold standard. And until today, <gasps> is that right? Oh, the Popeyes chicken sandwich knocks it out. Was of the it park. the spicy chicken sandwich? No, I just got the classic chicken sandwich. First of all, the the chicken breast, and maybe I just got a good one, like right? a really good one. It was almost two inches thick. It was ridiculous how thick the chicken breast was. The breading, there's I, I like a lot of breading on my chicken, so there was a lot of breading. So but it was light. So was it Fletch? Like he's six five with the afro six <laughs> nine? No, but even though there was a lot of. Breading, it was still a huge chicken breast. And then they just put some uh, mayonnaise and pickle, and that's it. And it was so, great. So these right here are the nugs from from Popeye's in a little eight-piece. I got to admit, they look completely unappetizing. <laughs> uh, they, they, they look like somebody said, sure, we'll feed the poor. And, and boom, threw these in there. It, it, they, they, don't, they don't look pretty. Really? They don't look. They smell good. Hold on, wait a second. They smell good. It just wafted my way. But that looks like real chicken. That doesn't look like something that they put in uh, a, some sort of press to make it look like uh, every nugget is the same. It looks like that's individually sliced pieces of chicken breast that they hand breaded. Are you mocking McDonald's at this moment? The people that you love and and have... You na- I believe you named three children after McDonald's. <laughs> yes, Ronald, uh, Grimace... And uh, little uh, McCamburglar. Right. Okay. So, all right. It, it, it doesn't really. It, it, it's just a. It's a blob of chicken with breading, dude. Let's not. Let's not oversell the artisan on this. I've got nothing. I'm not anti Popeyes. Wow. I am, I am pro Popeyes, and it came Popeyes with a hate. buttermilk ranch sauce. What makes it sauce and not dressing? What makes it sauce and not dressing? Because it comes in a dipping cup. When I go to these places. And the rare moments I do, and they say any sauce, I'm like, no. To a person, they look at me and go, really? (laughs) Just like that. With that little bit of lilt in their voice, they kind of tilt their head. Yeah, what can I say? I'm a purist. Well, I don't know what kind of dipping sauce they usually... that usually comes with the nuggets. Uh, I've, I've, this is really, I think, only the second time I've been to Popeyes. So I tried to, you know, not hold up everybody in the back. Could have gotten the Bio, Bio, Bayou, Bayou Buffalo, oh. the Bold Beak Barbecue, the Black and Ranch. You couldn't have gotten the Mardi Gras Mustard or the Sweet Heat, which is, oddly enough, my name on Tinder. There it is. Uh, all right, I'm going to just have one right now. I'm oh, look at that. Oh, he's doing the Memphis Munch. Actually, he is doing the Memphis Munch. Well, Memphis, Tennessee, this is Louisiana. Yeah. It's chicken nugget, dude. It's not bad. Okay, but compare it to your chicken nugget It's past. better, yeah, because it's actual chicken. It, it is definitely, 
A hundred percent. Actual chicken. I am chewing through the grease. <laughs> well, Literally, I'm... here you go. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's heavy. Look at how... I gotta get a picture of this. This is... This is huge. It's... How much is that? How much was the, the, the eight piece there? I what don't do you know. Think it was? I, I probably four fifty. Four fifty? I I don't know the whole thing because four dollars and fifty cents. I got the American. I got the chicken sandwich value meal, which the fries. Eh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they say I love my chicken from Popeyes. Yeah, they didn't say anything about the fries. I got the uh, a medium size uh, chicken sandwich meal and those eight nuggets, and it came to twelve fifty. So not bad. If we're talking about chicken nugget for chicken nugget, this is nothing like a Chick-fil-A chicken nugget because this is actually breaded. This is deeply breaded. This is you've struck oil breaded because that's what's coming off in my hands. But the person getting a chicken nugget isn't worried about... You need all the napkins. There's one right next to you right there. He's not worried about that. Okay, but no one's going to war over this, right? No one's having a war. The sandwich was better. That's basically what oh, you're Oh, yeah. Me. The sandwich was way better. And I had forgotten, you know, um, I wrote a piece today for uh, our website. Oh, is that right? EatDrinkSmokeShow.com? Yes. I've been there. Uh, talking about the, 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 the new nuggets. And I revisited the chicken sandwich launch by Popeye's. And I'd forgotten just how violent it, it was. I mean, you had restaurants where employees were overly stressed and you had a whole crew at a restaurant get into a fight like seven people in the lobby and then there was uh, an argument at another restaurant where uh, a stabbing took place uh, because people what? yeah people were waiting in line uh, for a long time and people got you know people get upset because they're in lines I I, I understand well, that, I want to I want to I want to say oh my gosh I want to say how ridiculous I want to see if there's a way to kind of make a joke and lighten that up that's the end of society as we know it right what exactly a- how first world problems do we have when people can stab each other in line because they're waiting for a chicken sandwich and they didn't have to raise nor kill the chicken? Right. I mean, not the, the way two we- things that keep people from eating chicken is the raising of chickens and then the butchering <laughs> of chickens. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to make light of it, but it's not the way you want to go. I mean, if oh, you're going right? to if you're going to go, you're not you don't want to go. Uh, you know, in line at at, at a Popeyes, uh, getting in an argument over a seven dollars sandwich. I don't know. That's just me. God, we, we've taken a dark turn because <laughs> I was about to do a St. Peter joke, and and realized I, maybe I should be listening to what it is we're talking about. <laughs> well, look, you don't have to worry about this. You're you're not going to get harmed when you go uh, to Popeyes. You will when you get some McCormick seasonings because they've been recalled due to salmonella. And I just applied to be the director of Taco Relations. Wow. Uh, uh, this, I mean, this is a big story, right? This is the FDA uh, talking about this. So if you have McCormick's uh, culinary Italian seasoning, their perfect pinch Italian seasoning, or the Frank's Red Hot Buffalo Ranch seasoning, Kroger, Walmart, Target, sell those seasonings. You got you to gotta bring them back. You got to bring them back. You got to get your money back. Okay. I freely admit this, and maybe this is just the thing that everybody else knew, and I wasn't in on it. I didn't know that you had to worry about salmonella when it, when it came to dry seasoning. I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that 
it could. It, it's it, got to be, and, and I get your point because you think of it in a, in, a, in a different way, right? With with fresh butchered things and whatever. Everything is possible depending on what they utilize and what the ingredients they get and, and they put them together. Just things like this really do have impact. And when it's a recall, uh, look, these things do happen. We've seen them happen. I like McCormick. I think they'd be a great sponsor of the Eat, Drink, Smoke radio right. show. Uh, and so would Popeye's, by the way, or anybody who wants to win the chicken war. You work with <laughs> us at Eat, Drink, Smoke show, and you will win the chicken wars. It's just important because if people have these things at home, they, they, they should know there's a recall. Everyone, you just take them back. And there's no store that's going to give you an issue. They're going to be like, thank you very much, and now you can get another one or get a different one, whatever the case may be. Try the Popeye's Nuggets for yourself and see what you think. It, it is definitely real chicken. There's, that is definitely not processed. It is, it is a step up. Not spicy and not as good as the chicken sandwich fingers, boy. No. <laughs> can you say it again with more passion? No. <laughs> this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat Drink Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast. Is, it, is there even time for News of the Week? No, fingers? but there, speaking of cigars, Tony, on Eat Drink Smoke, we did get a listener question that I wanted to throw at you. I occasionally, I occasionally listen to Eat Drink Smoke, and while listening this week, thought a good cigar would be a good gift for an annual golf outing, do you have any recommendations of a cigar shop in, in, in the Indy area? Um, also looking for a cigar with no additives. Do you have any cigar recommendations or shops, at least in the Indianapolis area? Well, we'll answer about, because we live in Indianapolis, where some good cigar shops are in the Indy area. We'll do that via, via email or, or, or on Facebook. Um, a good cigar for uh, a gift for an annual golf outing, does that mean it's like a, a, like a, a silent auction gift? Or you're giving it to somebody? Like, I don't know. Are you talking about a box or, or a cigar? But... If you were going to give cigars to a, to an outing, right, just so everyone could enjoy them, where where would you go, Fingers? Uh, I would say an Arturo Fuente eight five eight. Right, everyone could smoke that. Like, so if you're talking about like the guys that you're smoking with or the women you're smoking with, yes, I think I think it's a fine way, and they'll recognize the name to go. If 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 it's a box that you're doing for for a gift, uh, I would go with something that people know of. So I would do a Padron nineteen sixty four. Is probably where I go because uh, a I happen to enjoy them and, and and b it's just people know that that Padron name and as a gift I think that that that's a nice way to set itself and we just picked two very very different uh, price points you can find that eight five eight between eight and eleven dollars a stick you're going to find a Padron nineteen sixty four for about twenty dollars a stick so really there, the the question is there's there's not enough information to be able to give you a good answer. But we want to. So keep those questions coming. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. Ask your questions. We will answer them. You hear about divorces and, you know, we're to the point where it feels like over 50% of all marriages end in divorce. And when it comes to celebrities, you hear about the, the settlements uh, in the divorce and spousal support and some of the outrageous stories you hear. Well, wait do you hear about Kelly Clarkson. Welcome Kelly back. Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. She was a Spice Girl, wasn't she? She was. It's she Eat, was. Drink, Smoke. I'm Fingers Malloy. He's Tony Katz. Kelly Clarkson uh, just recently got divorced, Tony. And uh, she By has... By the way, she's killing it. She's got her own talk show. She's got the, the gig on The Voice. Uh, she does concerts. She can sing. Uh, she is she's doing all right for herself. Yeah, she was the original American Idol. Right. The very first one. OG. Yes. She was ordered to pay 
her ex-husband $200,000 a month in spousal and child support. No way. No way. I, I reject this. $150,000 a month in spousal support, and then almost $46,000 a month in child support, even though she, is the, she has primary custody of the kids. What did this guy do? Look, I, I, I do it the other way when it's women who get paid. What did this guy do to earn any of that? Just showed up and said, yeah, I'm ready, and then, t- and then go to a bedroom? What did he do? Apparently, he did enough to get $150,000 a month in spousal support and almost $50,000 a month in child support, even though she has primary custody of the kids. You know, I would ask why they got divorced, but I'm, I'm, I don't know if I, I, I care. Uh, she also has to pay $1.25 million to cover her ex's attorney's fees. Look, uh, how, exactly how much money is she making? We need to learn how to carry a tune. 200000 a month for those of you playing the home game is $2.4 million. She's going to pay this guy $5 million plus the attorney fees, $6 million for donating sperm. I want to... I wanna, oh, no. okay. oh, oh, is that... Oh, now we're into the yeah, too rough? Uh, too far. I'm, in, I'm on Team <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. Oh, I agree. No wonder she has all the shows. That's nuts. How much is she bringing in? My goodness, one point, this just tells you how much money she has when you get to uh, $1.25 million just to pay for, uh, the, the man's name is Brandon Blackstone, his legal fees, $1.25 million. Now, the plot thickens. Oh, by the way, the $1.25 million is why you become a lawyer. <laughs> you don't have to worry about carrying a tune, carry a briefcase. Yeah. That's the answer. There's an interesting wrinkle here. The divorce supposedly involves a prenup but the judge hasn't determined whether the prenup is valid if the prenup is valid none of those numbers matter and this dude gets whatever is spelled out in the 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 prenup let me let me be clear if you have real wealth and you don't have a prenup you're out of your mind and anybody tells you well i thought we loved each other that's your sign to go find somebody else. This, I, I, ooh. I, ooh. you protect what's yours. I, I like love. I'm big on love. I married for love, sucker. I married <laughs> for love. But I didn't, I didn't come to the relationship with, with money. Oh, you absolutely positively have to protect those things. I disagree with you completely. Well, if you're a 50-year-old billionaire and you fall in love with a 21-year-old girl just out of college, follow your heart. <laughs> prenup shmeem up that's a, a, a legal term I believe from the uh, law offices of Dewey, Cheatham and Howe that's right, you, you're out of your mind if you don't do a prenup, out of your mind and I, I, I'm saying this and, and ladies, I know. look, you can yell at me you can send me an email, Tony at eatdrinksmokeshow.com any woman who says to you I'm not signing a prenup I thought, I thought you loved me that's that's your moment to walk out. So gotta how, go. How do you feel about the the Jeff Bezos divorce? Because did, did did she get like it, it was, as it, Mackenzie Bezos got uh, billions of dollars? And as I know that story, she actually helped build the company. That's, that's different. That's different. Kelly Clarkson had to put up with Justin Guarini. 
had to make a movie with that dude. By the way, you want to talk about one of the people in America I feel awful for? Justin Garini was the guy who was the runner-up, and then uh, they, they, they did that movie together, and then he got relegated to Dustin Diamond status. Oh, God rest his soul. He got treated like Screech. <laughs> that, he can sing. He's got talent. And nothing, nothing, no career, zero. Kelly Clarkson is America's sweetheart. She's like Katie Couric, but without all the, you know, look at me, aren't I special? I didn't realize that Katie Oh, Couric you want to know what I think about Katie Couric? Uh, we might need a whole other show. It's a new <laughs> podcast. What I really think of Katie Couric. They were only married for seven years. Why? Do we know why they got divorced? I mean, now I'm curious. Why did they get divorced? Yeah, I was just curious as to, as to why. It ha- seven years... I mean, seven-year itch. I guess. I guess that's that's real and legit. He was taping Major League Baseball games without the express written consent of Major League Baseball, and she said, "I've had it. I'm out of here." And then he said, "Give me two hundred thousand dollars a month in spousal support." That's absolutely un. It, I'm I'm outraged by that story. Outraged by uh, the, the the story in every way. Maybe not as outraged as the story of Ashton Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Because it turns out Ashton Kutcher, the actor, uh, producer, uh, he wanted to go to space. And I think he had the opportunity to be one of these guys who buys his way on and uh, goes with either Elon Musk or, or whatever it is. And Mila Kunis, the voice of Meg on Family Guy, uh, she's like, no, you can't do it. I'm too scared. And now she's like, you know what? I probably should have let him go. Ashton, Ashton, Ashton. Yeah, you go when you have the chance to go to space, you go to space. Allow me to quote the fantastic Ernie Hudson in Ghostbusters. When someone asks if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> when someone asks if you want to go to space, you say yes. No, not me. I'm saying no. But if you want to go, you say yes. I don't even leave the country. <laughs> Going into space. But we, can we talk about Ashton Kutcher's career for a second? Sure. Went from Demi Moore. To Mila Kunis. That's a pretty good career right there. Oh, you don't even want to talk about the acting? Uh, acting, schmacting. <laughs> well, but you know, if you have that kind of dream, do you respect your, your uh, significant other's wishes? Absolutely, I do. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh I'm sorry. If you have that kind of dream, you, you, you got to go. I, I get that. You can be like, look, there are so many risks here. Young family, don't want to lose it. My wife has been wanting to go to space. This was her dream as a kid. Wants to do it. If somebody said to her, hey, want to hitch a ride to space? I'm going to give her a kiss goodbye and hope for the best. Absolutely not a question. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going. But this, this is a heartwarming story because this isn't a to the moon, Alice. This is you're supporting your wife. You, you want her to fulfill her dream, not, man, I'd love to just ship her off to the moon and, and never see her again. I so love the Honeymooners reference, <laughs> and you may have to look that up. Honeymooners, Jackie Gleason. Can we pour one out for Jackie Mason? The uh, great, fantastic, remarkable comic, dead at the age of 93. He was a rabbi and then decided to be a comic. One of the most honest voices in all of comedy, one of the most honest voices in all of America, I actually got to see him live. 
The World According to Me when he was doing that on Broadway. I was a kid. I was a teenager and actually got the tickets and told my family we're going. And the, maybe one of the only times growing up in New Jersey that we all went to New York and went, did something on Broadway together. I think we did that twice in our, in our, in our, in our lives. Uh, fantastic. I remember it as a kid. Fantastic. I remember watching my parents cry. They were laughing so hard. Wow. My grandmother, who didn't show emotion, crying she was laughing so hard. Jackie Mason, just a special spot. In, in, in the heart. Go check out some of his old routines. Spectacular. The Crowned Head Siri E. The pepper has subsided. The cigar flavor has not. And the Wild Turkey Rare Breed, 116 proof, $55, $60 a bottle. You, you got to try it and then decide if it's in your humidor. It's in fingers. Might be in yours. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Did you know Audible isn't just for audiobooks? They have podcasts, too. And you guessed it, Eat, Drink, Smoke is now on Audible. Listen to us there. Eat, Drink, Smoke. <laughs> 